Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Wednesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Asia Pacific markets are trading higher this morning. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. How are you doing this Wednesday? Pretty okay. Happy Hump Day. We are almost to the weekend. Almost, almost, almost. Almost. All right. There's something to, you know, claw towards. Across the globe and across market sectors, investors and analysts are still trying to assess the fallout this morning from the closure of three U.S. banks over the past week. Now, in U.S. trade overnight, banking shares rallied after suffering a big sell-off the night before. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I wanted to start the morning with a local asset class, real estate investment trusts, and how the failure of Silicon Valley bank is impacting REITs. So at first glance, you may wonder, hmm, Michelle, what's the link here? After all, REITs are landlords, often of commercial and industrial properties, while Silicon Valley Bank, it's an ocean away, it's focused on the tech sector. Well, there's a great opinion piece in Bloomberg this morning, which argues that, quote, the SVB mess can lift Singapore landlords' blues. And it says that the U.S. banking system's problems could actually make REIT yields look attractive again. What's the link between SVB and SREITs? <laughs> yeah, this uh, very interesting dotted line being drawn here. And this is where you've got, of course, the fallout SVB and all the implications. Among the implications could be what? would be the Fed doing in the next FOMC meeting. And that could mean pausing on interest rates or slowing it down. That's a potential scenario that could happen because of what's been playing out in terms of how it might impact the economy in time to come because the banking sector has taken some wind out of the sails of the economy to some extent. Um, the startup industry also just being weighed down by the latest implications, you might see investors holding back a bit and that could also play out in terms of an economic slowdown at least in that corner of the economy. So all in, you could be in for slower rate hikes and that's going to be good news for REITs because they are rather sensitive to interest rates. So if you look at a Maybank research report recently, a 50 basis point increase means DPU will be lower on average by about 2%. So that would suggest that if we don't get any increase in interest rates to the same extent, then you might get better DPUs. So it's that equation that we are looking at. Brilliant. Now, REITs definitely attracted a lot of attention during yesterday's trading session. Maple Tree Logistics Trust, Keppel DC REIT and Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust, they all gained more than 3%. So a pause in interest rate hikes or even a drop in rates makes the REIT's return more competitive. That's a positive side of things. At the same time, though, SVB's collapse is putting the spotlight on SREIT's balance sheet in today's Business Times, Jude Chan writes the shocking collapse of SVB ought to be a wake-up call to investors. How so, Ryan? Yeah, so it also can mean many things because it's very hard to predict how things can play out. Among them is how much these REITs are exposed to other headwinds, including the exposure to 
um, the type of interest rates they borrowed at. So if they had to pay back at a high interest rates, if these um, are not favorable to them, they might need to cough up more. So that jump interest rates that could happen um, has already played out to a negative effect at SVB. And this is a potential scenario that people are starting to ask, hey, is this going to play out in other companies as well, including S-REITs? Mm. So that's one scenario. Plus, the valuations of some of these assets, including property, buildings, may take a hit as we see a bit of a slowdown in the economy. So that's another factor. If valuations of some of their portfolio assets go down, then it means their ratios are less favorable, negative in that sense. So credit conditions will be tougher. And that could be bad news in the long run, at least in mid-view um, mid uh, around these streets. All right. So this is something we're certainly going to be looking at here on Your Money soon. But give us a sense of your views first, Ryan. What do you make of these two arguments? And are you concerned about read balance sheets? Or do you see an opportunity here? Yeah, so I look at it with other things also in consideration, which is what's playing out in the economy, including the China reopening story, which I think still has some legs to go. We've seen how already there's been more tourists coming to Singapore. And as you've been seeing in the streets, in shopping malls, they have been helping the retail scene. And I think there should be more to go as more people from China and elsewhere start to travel. So I think the hospitality side of things should enjoy further traction. So that's something that could support markets. Um, I think also, if you look at the fundamentals of S-Suites um, after a tough year last year, they should be able to recover to some extent. So that's the other bright spot as well, that after a tough year, you've got, I guess, the only way probably would be up at that point. So after going through so many headwinds, now with things turning a corner, mm -hmm. S-Suites are in a better footing. All right. I want to shift back to the U.S. now. Stocks rallied overnight. The Dow Jones Industrial Average snapped a five-day losing streak to close 300 points higher. Banking shares led the rebounds. Who are some of the biggest gainers? Yeah, let's look at the banking sector. So this, if I look at the Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF, it was up 2%. And this is, of course, after going through quite some pressure in the past few days post-SVB. Uh, of course, we are now seeing a change in tone with all the reassurances coming through from regulators, Joe Biden, all of them saying, hey, things are okay, don't worry too much. Well, First Republic is one of these banks. On Monday, when markets opened up, we saw a 75% plunge. Overnight, it bounced back slightly. 27% higher. So there is a bit of a change in tone right now. It's still early days to see or say how much traction the rebound will be. So something we'll watch out for tonight. Banking executives apparently thought it a good time to buy in as well. More than 100 executives at lenders across the U.S. spent nearly 14 million U.S. dollars over the past few years to boost their stakes, is according to Bloomberg. Now, not all is rosy for U.S. banks, though. The ratings agency Moody's has given the sector a negative report card and has just warned that the operating environment is rapidly deteriorating. What's the latest here? Yeah, so Moody's is 
pretty much downgrading the sector, almost kicking it while it's on the floor already. It did mm. not do any favors. So downgrading from stable to negative. And this is despite all the reassurances coming through from regulators, the president, and all the banks themselves saying, hey, we are okay. So Modi is warning that it is reviewing several institutions for potential downgrades as well. So the sector right now getting a bit of a gloomy look. It says it is likely to need to see extraordinary actions taken to shore up those banks which have been impacted and then other institutions with unrealized losses or uninsured depositors still could be at risk. So it is keeping a careful eye on what else might happen, other potential victims of um, the same scenarios that SVB went through? Well, they say where there's rain, there may be a rainbow. And in this case, some observers say that silver lining may be found in the U.S. housing market. Help us understand the links here. Okay, the link here is where you have expectations around long-term bond yields. So when they fall... The correlation with mortgage rates typically is the same. You would see mortgage rates also go down. And this is kind of tied into Fed rate high expectations. Uh, so that has been seeing bond yields being scaled back recently because of those expectations being dialed back. Right now, if you look at the CME Watch tool, it's about 50-50 to where investors are thinking 25 and 50 pretty much equally split before just 24 hours ago it was almost a bit more slightly in the 50 camp so that is um, something that is now starting to be dialed back a bit and if you think about it if mortgage rates go down then you might see more good news in the property sector people thinking hey I could buy that house Mm-mm. Okay, one more SVB headline, everybody, before we're going to move on. Ryan, how much would you pay for an SVB fleece jacket? Not to be fleece, but for <laughs> the jacket. <laughs> yeah, so SVB, as you imagine, would be one of these companies with lots of corporate merchandise to give out at various points of its, um, I guess, life. So <laughs> it probably has tons of merchandise, caps, jackets. I'm thinking it is going to be hot property right now because it's almost like a celebrity cult item. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone <laughs> wants to own something right now. And in a way, it's cool. Do you think so? I think so. Hey, I want an SV, a piece of SVB. Give me some of the swag. It's selling for good money though. A SVB fleece, Ryan, is going for up to $1,000. $1,000. That... <laughs> Is pretty wow, it's beyond my expectations. A thousand dollars. Well, you got to think big, Ryan. You get yeah. the swag, and then after that, you NFT it, and then sky's the limit. Do you Who knows? A, do you want a high flux t shirt, Michelle? Um, let's go in on this together high flux plus SVB. <laughs> And then we NFT the lot. All right, before the SVB story broke, the big news this week was supposed to be the release of U.S. inflation numbers. Remember, that happened overnight. Prices rose 04 to 0.5% last month, so still sticky, uh, depending on which measure you look at. It's slower than in January, but puts the annual rate at around 6%. So this puts the Fed in a pretty tough spot, doesn't it, Ryan? 
Yeah, it's one of those data points that is noisy in the sense that you've got good and bad, depending on how you look at it. So like you pointed out, 6%. Bear in mind, the target is 2%, which is where it wants to go. But good news is it's moderating from 6.4%. And that 6% also is good news in the sense that it's the lowest in nearly two years. So it is a bit of a milestone, so to speak, in terms of where inflation is ticking down. So good news on the sense, but still quite elevated. So still more room and more work to be done by the Fed to mm. tame it. So it is a bit of a mixed bag here when it comes to the latest inflation. All right, you know I got to go there. Given the latest data, what do you think could happen? Will the Fed slow down the rates or stay the cost? I am going with state of cost because they've talked about it before. Mm. They want a clear sign Mm -hmm. and clear data that things are going to be on trend and going by what we are looking at, what I've been talking about. It's not exactly clear yet. It's a bit of a mixed picture and it has to be a trend that is playing out consistently. So right now, it is not convincingly enough, I believe, for the Fed to make a bigger move yet. Now, one more banking story for you. Listeners, you might remember China Evergrande. Its debt issues dominated headlines last year. A key date for the bank's restructuring plan looms ahead. In a nutshell, what is the latest here with Evergrande? Yeah, the clock is ticking. It's facing a court hearing sometime next week on a winding up petition. So a judge has been urging the firm since last year to present Something more concrete at the gathering. As you imagine, nothing forthcoming has been on the table so far from Evergrande. We were looking out for details previously around the plan. We did not get details previously. So here's where we might hopefully get some progress. So if we don't get any details, you can imagine how that might spook investors. And then that could lead to a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to anything tied to Evergrande. Anything tied to China property will be ones to watch. All right, time for corporate news and a quick game of up or down. And we're going to start off with Meta. Similar story here about layoffs, right? Yeah, it's a painful story for those especially affected. It's a big number. 10,000 more workers in the latest round of job cuts. So this is on top of the earlier round of 11,000 job cuts back in November. So if you let that sink in, in a space of nearly three or four months, it has cut nearly 21,000 employees. That is the size of multiple times many companies, 21,000. So it's a huge number and it kind of goes in line with Mark Zuckerberg's idea of this year, 2023, being the year of efficiency. So Mm. he is pretty much living up to his promise that he wants to cut down on projects that are not performing. And sadly, for many of these workers, um, they are just not in the equation for these plans. So we'll have to brace for perhaps more because he said it's a year of efficiency. So who knows Mm. what else lies ahead for the rest of the year. It's only March now, you know. 
I know, these words send chills down my spine. I'm eating in more, I'm cooking more. A meta laying off more workers. Mark Zuckerberg warning that the, quote, new economic reality could continue for years. So... That's a down for Meta in my book and pretty troubling if you ask me. Let's look at Apple. Okay, Apple is almost for me in the same boat because I have the headline, Apple delaying bonuses for some and is limiting hiring, also cost cutting. So I'm going down for Apple. Similar look here, Apple uh, and Meta. So Apple trying to cut costs and delaying paying its workers bonuses as you mentioned not a great look also a down for apple for me today let's look at boeing boeing all right we've got some good news it is up for me and this is with some good news coming from saudi arabia so this is with that new airline being started up by saudi arabia called riyadh air so as uh-huh. you imagine a new airline needs new planes so it's buying it from boeing 121 of them so it comes in two orders 78 Boeing 787 Dreamliners and also 39 white body 787 so all in about 120 so it's good news for Boeing a US playmaker notably and as you've been following in the headlines the US and Saudi Arabia had a tough relationship back last year and this is around oil production you've got um, on one side Joe Biden pushing Saudi Arabia to produce more to bring down oil prices. But of course, that did not happen exactly the way he hoped. So this now may help mend the ties between both countries because this order for more planes will bring more jobs to the US and it's a big uh, big number of jobs. Around 1 million US jobs in 44 states as a result of this deal. And this will also help GE, General Electric, um, because the engines will come from them. So all in a good boost for the US economy. Wow, look at the ripple effects of this sale. Boeing reportedly selling 787 aircraft to Saudi Arabia. Certainly an up for Boeing in my book. Let's look at Volkswagen. Okay, from planes to cars. And I am still going with up. Volkswagen is investing $193 billion over the next five years to hit its EV target. So I am looking quite happy or optimistic around its um, plans. It's pretty much putting its foot on the pedal right now on these EV plans. Go VW, it's an up from my book as well for Volkswagen. Now, Wing Thai Properties has a warning for investors. How is it looking in your book? Profit warning, and this is a down for me. So it's saying that the group may report a loss for the financial year ended December 31st. And this is with what we've been seeing actually in many other similar companies. These assets being marked down on valuations and that has seen some of these um, unrealized losses in their properties. So this is seeing Wing Tai citing an expected loss due to an adverse change in the fair value of the investment properties of its joint ventures. So it may be more than double the amount previously reported for FY 2021, which was around $527 million Hong Kong dollars. All right, so that's a down for Wing Tai for me. All right, now before I let you go, Ryan, are you a car fan? Mm, I appreciate a good car when I see one. I love the one from Back to the Future. 
Oh, yes, of course. That's gorgeous. Now, we talked about the iPhone sort of revving up uh, old models with slapping on a new color, yellow, and calling it new. Apparently, cars in crazy colors are really crushing it over at auction. So forget that red Ferrari uh, or that, you know, silver Porsche. For blue chip cars, it's oddball colors that are worth more, like metallic blue. Have you caught a sight of some of these cars in these new colors? Yeah, I remember some of these cars before in these um, museums or even old pictures and you just imagine it right when you go to a museum or these retro toys many of these things come in different shades of colors almost like they had a different color palette back then and I imagine it could be due to the way they produced things and had different materials so when you think about it they had these um, different aesthetics almost the different types of orange different types of green so just think about the old furniture you might see in some of these older movies or some old stuff you might see. It just comes in different colours. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and that really popped once we moved from black and white to colour TVs, actually, in the sense of colours. Anyway, colours are a great addition to the desirability of classic cars. Um, that's got to make one person in Singapore really happy. I've been to a collector's. Um, he, he owns so, sort of like a floor mm. of... Uh, factory space and something like 40 classic cars in Singapore. I've never been more awed in my life. Anyway, so there you have it. If you're going to buy a collectible and if you want it to maintain its value, apparently oddball colours, something from the outer ends of the colour spectrum, are what to aim for. This has been Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you so much for your company. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.